we need to be able to touch all those that may qualify and, and get the word out there so they know that help is available. Otherwise, it looks like we don't need it. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And I'm your host, Benjamin Rangel, with producer Sam Wood. Sam, how you doing? Doing great, Ben. And uh, today's episode is going to be a little bit different than typical. Uh, we usually have a guest on. We'll still hear from somebody else on the podcast. But generally, I'm going to be talking to Sam because he's a wonderful producer and did some research about some cool local stuff happening in the city. Um, but before we jump into that and hear from Sam, I do want to just give a plug to our Patreon. You can become a supporter of Bridges City with as little as four dollars and fourteen cents. That's four one four. So check us out on Patreon.com/slash Bridge the City. And I also do want to say that we are looking for questions from you all, the listeners, about uh, a topic that we're going to end today's episode on. A uh, a recent grant that the city of Milwaukee uh, has agreed to receive from the federal government around police funding. And so um, stay tuned and listen uh, to that part of the episode. Uh, And again, please let us know if you have any questions, if you have ideas for people we should interview, uh, anything related to that grant that we're going to talk about at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. All right, let's jump into things. Um, So Sam, you and producer Casey O'Holick have been paying special attention to a really interesting initiative in our city to combat gentrification. Can you tell us a little bit more about the MKE United Anti-Displacement Fund? Yeah, definitely. So uh, essentially, the fund is a pot of money used to help folks who have lived in Walkers Point or the area kind of northwest of downtown um, or or north of the Pfizer Forum. So for those of you who are familiar with Milwaukee neighborhoods, that's the Halyard Park, Brewers Hill, and kind of southern part of Harambe, uh, south of Center Street. So it's a pot of money to help folks who have lived in those neighborhoods um, for at least five years, but are at risk of being forced out because they can't afford to pay their property taxes. Um, And you might be asking, like, why? Why, why these areas? Well, these areas were picked because they've seen a lot of uh, development in recent years, which has come with rising property assessments, which of course comes with any, any property owner can tell you comes with rising property taxes. And, you know, rising property assessments isn't you know, necessarily a bad thing. It can be great if you're, because uh, essentially your home is worth more now than it was before. Um, but of course, you also have to pay those taxes. Um, and so what can happen is that, and what does happen, is that you aren't able to enjoy the fruits of development because your house is foreclosed on before you can either cash out and see the benefits financially from that development or it's foreclosed on before you stick around long enough to see, you know, the supposed like rise in living standards and amenities and and all those things. Um, so essentially, this fund pays applicants who live in those neighborhoods uh, money to help offset the yearly rise in property taxes. That's essentially what it does in in very like quick form. So a pool of money to combat rising property taxes and hopefully prevent displacement. And my understanding is that this is part of an anti-displacement initiative facilitated by the city. Um, So who are the folks behind the work? What is or who are MKE United? 
Yeah, and and Ben, it's funny. That's actually a much more difficult question to answer than you would think. And and you're right. It does. It it grows from a larger anti-displacement plan from the city that has other components that, which incorporates some other programs. But just to keep things simple, we're going to focus right on this fund, um, and that is administered by MK United. And MK United, to answer your question, is part of uh, the Greater Milwaukee Committee. And you can think of MK United as an initiative within that committee to combat displacement in the greater downtown area. And according to their website, their their executive team includes representation from uh, the Greater Milwaukee Committee, of course, uh, the City of Milwaukee, um, the Milwaukee Urban League, and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Um, so if you have Milwaukee in your name and you're an organization or a city, you're probably, you know, on that, uh, executive team, but that executive team, again, according to their website is informed by a a steering community. Their decisions are informed by a steering committee, uh, made up of a variety of leaders from all over. So from government, from the nonprofit sector, private sector, and just, you know, general, uh, community members, um, and community leaders. Uh, but what is probably most important for this story and for our listeners to know is that the Anti-Displacement Fund, which is just one fund that M- MK United does, they do some other stuff, but the Anti-Displacement Fund uh, we're talking about is funded philanthropically, or in other words, with no government money, all, all private and, and nonprofit organizations um, contributing to the fund. And I should say to Sam that this episode is specifically about this particular program and not the larger challenge of gentrification in Milwaukee. Yeah, that's probably we, it would probably be a much longer, much yeah. longer episode. And, and, and down the to, line, it wouldn't just be be me talking about it. That's for sure. <laughs> and down the line, perhaps, uh, especially if our listeners reach out and let us know that's what they want to hear, maybe we can have an episode about gentrification broadly because yeah. it is a controversial and, and complicated topic for sure. Um, for also, sure. it might be worth mentioning that there's not even a universally accepted definition of what gentrification is, but yeah. the most damaging consequence of gentri- gentrification is displacement, pushing Mm -hmm. people out of their desired place of residence through rising rent or property taxes. And so we felt it important to highlight this particular initiative. Um, So who is actually being served by this grant and how successful has it been, Sam? Well, I'll answer how successful it has been in a minute, but for who is being served by this grant, I actually talked to Coretta Herring, uh, who administers the application process for this program, and she touched on who is eligible, and I think she could probably say it more succinctly than I can. The anti-displacement program is is mainly to keep the legacy in our neighborhoods. And so you do have to have owned the property or had it in your family for five years. So it could be a property that your grandmother um, or grandfather owned and um, you inherited it, but you just recently inherited in the last four years. You still would qualify because that, um, that house had been in your family for more than five years. You need to meet the income eligibility, which is 80% of the medium income. Um, you also need to be current on your taxes. And if you have a mortgage on your um, on your property, it cannot be in foreclosure. There's um, a, quite a few ways in which people can apply. Um, people can um, complete the application um, online, or they can just use one of the drop-off sites to drop off their application. We have two drop-off sites, one being Riverworks Development, and the other one um, is on the south side, which is UCC. So either one of those um, places are accepting the applications as a drop-off. So that's who's eligible. Um, and as far to answer your uh, other question about how successful it's been, it's important to remember that this program is only in its second year, and it's it's a second year of a five-year initial like pilot pilot program. 
Last year, though, 111 people applied and only 87 were funded. And those who were funded, uh, interestingly enough, uh, owned their homes for an average of 22 years, uh, according to Tony Panciera from MK United. And this was quoted in a May 2020 uh, Urban Milwaukee article. Um, But of those 87 that were funded, um, a total of $38,156 were given out um, for a median award of uh, about $446. Which you know sounds like a lot, like thirty-eight thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, check for four hundred forty-six. Like that sounds, and you know, eighty-seven people. Like that sounds like that sounds like good numbers, especially for a first year. Um, but MK United estimates that there's actually about two hundred sixty households who are eligible for this program. Um, and so this year, this second year, they've really been pushing to get the word out. This year, get the word out about the fund. This fund this year, so they can get closer to that number of two hundred sixty eligible households, um, and see to it that. Everyone who you know is eligible for this program and you know can use some help actually you know gets it. Uh, unfortunately, though, the deadline uh, to apply for this program is uh, this Wednesday, November twenty fifth. Uh, so time is running out to meet that goal. Yeah. So definitely, if you're, I mean, if you're listening to this after the fact, uh, so sorry, uh, but yeah, for sure, uh, still apply if if you can beforehand. Um, and then I should say too that uh, Sam, you mentioned that this is like a potentially a five-year thing. So yeah. even if you're listening to it after the fact, uh, you know, keep in touch. Yeah, with mark your calendars for next, for next November, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but also one thing that was interesting to me in my conversation with Coretta is that she stressed that even if you're unsure if you're eligible, like, you know, you know you meet some requirements, but you're not sure if you meet all the requirements, um, you should still apply uh, because even just sending in an application demonstrates the need for a similar program in your neighborhood or a similar program that meets, you know, your requirements that aren't exactly what this anti-displacement fund was dr- drawn up to do. Um, but then also that she and her office can connect you to other financial resources that may be able to help you right now. Even for the people that don't qualify, you know, many times, um, Sam, people try to pre-qualify themselves and I'm like, apply because it tells the story. On top of that, the anti-displacement program is being administered by the financial clinic. So you may be struggling paying your property taxes. However, there may be another benefit that we can help you with because the financial clinic is 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 about other programs as well. So again, I think for the program to be successful, we need to be able to touch all those that may qualify and, and get the word out there so they know that help is available. Otherwise, it looks like we don't need it. So it seems from, you know, what we just heard from Creta, but also what you're saying, Sam, is like the obvious action step would be to apply for the program if you meet the eligibility requirements. Yeah. Or you think you do. Yep. Uh, Oh, yeah. Even if you think you do um, or you're not sure, apply. Yeah. Um, And I guess also, right, uh, support financially. If you're in a position to give to the fund itself, you can donate money to the fund. Uh, But what else can listeners do? What, What other action step would you give to listeners? Yeah, and and this is another thing I'm going to hand off to Coretta. She has both action steps like you said that, you know, people who are eligible can take, but then also action steps for those if you know you definitely aren't eligible and don't want to like backlog the office by applying. Um she has some action steps for you too. So, um basically I w- I, w- I want to start off with the program goal. The program goal is no current homeowner will be displaced due to the inability to pay a rise in their property taxes, again, because of the wonderful things that's going on um, around them 
And so, you know, in keeping the goal in front of us, um, we, we, we need to do all that we can do to get the word out. My worst fear as the minister of this program is that the people don't know about it. And um, I think we do better when we know better. So we're doing everything on our end to try to get the word out. So I thank you for this opportunity um, to um, get this information out to the callers. But we I feel like we need to go old school. We need to pick up the phone and, you know, call some neighbors and, you know, make sure that everybody is sharing this information. I particularly are, are not a social media type of person, but I do understand that there's, there's, you know, there's numbers out there. We're getting the information out and we got to get this information out to the people who need it most. So moving on to our second topic today. Sam, as you know, of course, a major goal at Bridges mm-hmm. City is to inform listeners and the beautiful people of Milwaukee about local news, local stuff happening, bringing yeah. things and non beautiful people too. You know, yes, hey, we're well. an equal opportunity podcast. Everyone sure. should take advantage of the information we provide. So, in addition to the anti displacement fund just highlighted, we wanted to briefly update listeners on some recent Common Council decision regarding funding for the Milwaukee Police Department. Yeah, and as we know, there has been a movement across the country to uh, defund uh, police departments, and Milwaukee has not been absent from that conversation. And we covered some local perspectives here on Bridge of the City earlier in the summer, mm-hmm. uh, so check those episodes out if you haven't listened to them yet. But just this past week, the city's finance committee voted to accept some additional funding to the Milwaukee Police Department. Sam, what exactly happened there? Yeah, so similar to the anti-displacement fund, um, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, so I'll just start with the kind of the basic facts you need to know uh, to going into this week and then try to fill in the context from there afterwards. So what you need to know this week is that the Common Council will be voting on whether to accept $10 million from the federal government to hire and pay 30 police officers for three years. That's $10 million from the federal government to hire and pay 30 officers for three years. This money would come directly from the federal government instead of being taken from city revenue. And after three years, the city is not currently under a legal obligation uh, to keep those officers on its payroll. Now, interestingly, before going to the Common Council for a vote this week, this had to get approved by the Finance and Personnel Committee, which is a committee of five older people who, you might guess, recommend certain financial and personnel-related items to the whole council to vote on. Initially in October... This proposal was voted down in the committee, but was taken up again last Tuesday, and this time it passed after all the women's Amaripa switched her vote from no to yes. Yeah, and Sam, I think what you're doing here is highlighting just the importance of, uh, at least from my perspective, and I hope our listeners' perspective, the importance of our reporting and Bridges City covering local stuff. Because this is, we're we're getting in the weeds a little bit here in terms of municipal budgeting and these processes. But, you know, nationally, this conversation about reforming or defunding the police has been across, you know, headlines for the last few months, right? They've kind of been taken out of the spotlight for a bit because of the election and such. But people are still doing the work, still working on this. And here we are having to really look at the local you know, committee level work of um, municipal government to figure out whether or not Milwaukee is is working to defund or or reform the police and, and sort of um, whether or not they're doing the opposite, which in this case, mm-hmm. uh, some people would say they're they're refunding the police. Um, yeah. And so I actually have uh, Alderwoman Zamaripa's statement in front of me. Um, so maybe we can provide listeners a little bit more context. Yeah, there. would love to. Um, she says, this vote was extremely difficult for me. This is I'm quoting her here. But in the end, I'm voting in favor of it based on the following reasons. Donald Trump 
lost the presidential election and the federal government will now be a Democratic administration under the leadership of President-elect Joe Biden. I clarified and confirmed the COPS grant does not require us to collaborate with ICE. The Republican-controlled Wisconsin state legislature has starved the city of Milwaukee for a decade. We are not we are not receiving and have not received our fair share of shared revenue, which makes it very difficult to turn away federal grant dollars that would aid a city that is in dire straits. Right. So that that's end quote there with uh, Alderman Zamaripa's statement on why she changed her vote. Um, but I think the point of us talking about this now is that uh, we want to hear from you all, the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, and so we're going to leave it there because we still have questions. Um, but we want to know if you have specific questions about the grant or if we have an opportunity to sit down with common council members uh, specifically. What should we ask them? OK, let us know. Reach out to us on our website or on any of our social media platforms. We would love to know what other questions you have about the COP grant um, or what questions you think we should ask the the Common Council here. And so please let us know if you have uh, additional questions for us. And I think, Sam, uh, again, a little bit of a unique episode here, but that concludes our episode, no? Yeah, that's all I've got. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Bridge the City. Please support us on patreon.com slash bridge the city if you feel inclined, if you care about local uh, local media, local uh, government. Uh, we're here to cover it for you now and into the future. If you donate now, I'm pretty sure you get a pretty cool shirt. Is that correct, Sam? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, if you give us money, we'll give you shirts. That's kind of just our policy now. Yeah, and just going to throw that out there. The uh, shirt is, is worth more than the, the $4 minimum oh, donation. Sure. So like ever seen. Yeah, you're you're sort of you're you're I don't know how are we making money off this Sam? Maybe, maybe we're not. Uh, I guess we're not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as as little as four dollars and fourteen cents. We're not for profit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, four dollars and fourteen cents. I mean, that's a cup of coffee. So please consider supporting us. Share Bridge City with your friends and family. Um, let us know uh, if there are other topics you want us to cover. And as always, reach out. Let us know how you have helped Bridge the City. Bridge the City. City, yeah, bridge the city, yeah, gotta bridge the city, the city, bridge the city.